What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the podcast. Talk with Beauties, episode 95, the Wednesday news. And on today's episode, we're going to talk about the waste management because that was chaotic. The NHL hands out more suspensions. Plus, the bean pot is going back to a familiar home. But first, let's head into the MLB. So we'll start off with MLB on this episode. We'll start off with the signings, of course. Uh, Milwaukee and Gary Sanchez agreed to a contract. I believe that is a one-year contract. Cincinnati and Jonathan India have agreed to a two-year. Uh, money is, has not been announced. Uh, Pittsburgh and Yasmani Grandal agreed to a one-year. San Diego is bringing back Jerickson Profar after one year, signing him to a one-year contract. And La- or uh, Washington has signed Jesse Winker to a minor league deal, and San Francisco has signed Jorge Soler to a three-year, forty-two million, one of the bigger deals um, of this last week. And we had two arbitration uh, hearings, or actually one hearing and one to avoid arbitration. We'll start off with the hearing. Uh, Toronto and Vladimir Guerrero Jr. went to arbitration. Vladdy won that one, uh, winning nineteen point nine million for this upcoming season. So good job for Vlad. Uh, Texas and Adolis Garcia have agreed to a two-year, $14 million to avoid arbitration. That's an absolute steal. Great job by both sides. Corey Kluber announces that he is retiring from the game of baseball. Three-time All-Star, two-time AL Cy Young Award winner, and a two-time AL uh, wins leader. That makes sense for the season. Had the most wins. Uh, great career by Kluber. Um, honestly, when you look at the numbers, really solid career. No one really talks about him as being one of the top players, but honestly, a great career. Um, not surprised he's hanging it up. Older, older guy. So, um, c- congrats and, uh, hopefully you enjoy retirement. So MLB has, uh, been talking about potentially playing in the 2028 Olympics here in Los Angeles. Um, that would be very interesting. Supposedly baseball will be back in those Olympics. So what does this mean? It means it will probably get about six to eight nations represented in those games it would be a five to six day tournament in mid uh, july all-star game for that season would either be canceled or held at a later time during that year and potentially reducing the total games from 162 to 158 honestly it's just one four game series not that much to to deal about i think the lb should do it i think growing the game is a definitely needs to be happening because this is not a sport that is growing very quickly if at all Uh, you got hockey that's growing you got football that's going to be growing um, bringing that into the Olympics NFL players are going to be playing in that so definitely expect MLB to uh, hopefully send their players uh, going along but it's all going to come down to to owners and hopefully the owners agree on it because yeah they're going to lose money for that weekend or that whole week uh, losing um, to the season, but it's going to be only four games. I don't think it's going to be that bad um, for for these guys. So I, I think they should definitely do it. Definitely good for the sport. Netflix announced they're going to be doing two productions with MLB this year. Um, we're going to get a Hard Knock style documentary with the 2024 Red Sox. That should be pretty fun. Hard Knocks is one of the bigger uh, sports documentaries going around um, season to season. That I think also Drive to Survive is also one of the probably the top. Um, as well. I think Full Swing could be incorrect on that name. That's also a Netflix one. That's all about golf. I thought that w- all three of those have been great. So having a baseball styled hard knocks might actually be pretty entertaining. It might get people more interested in the sport as well. So Netflix does a great job. HBO does a great job. So I would expect this to be a pretty good one. Um, who knows what the 24 Red Sox are really going to look like. I don't expect it to be all that great, but it's going to be fun to watch. Um, hopefully it's uh, entertaining. It's, it's a long season. So I'm curious on how they're going to be able to cut that up into a uh, manageable series to watch. 
Uh, they also announced they're going to be releasing another documentary later this year uh, on the 2004 Red Sox championship team, uh, the one to break the Bambino curse. Um, I'm not too surprised that we're going to get something like this. I'm actually kind of surprised we haven't had anything on this this team beforehand, uh, but it seems like it should be pretty good. So two Red Sox documentaries coming out. Um, this year so that, that should be fun all right let's get into so we got some reaction uh pictures we'll start off with the new stadium for the kansas city royals um so there's a lot of pictures going out this is probably one of the best ones that i saw so i'll, I'll react to just this one and honestly it looks great i think this stadium looks very good um you got really great looking uh skyline uh picture there um i think definitely will get more people or more organizations to try and build out the area. Um, I think the stadium looks nice. The only bad thing is I think the stadium they have now looks really good too. I went there a couple, uh, maybe two summers ago now. Jeez, it doesn't feel that long. And saw it for the first time, watched three innings, and moved on to St. Louis because it was a road trip uh, across the country with the fam. And very appreciative of it. They did not have to stop for me. Um, and they were able to let me watch for maybe three innings or so. Let me get a, a Royals hat, walk in the stadium, um, hang out, and take a couple pictures, and just kind of get a full experience of what a Royals game would be like. And uh, it, it's great. It's a nice stadium. It's not that far off from downtown, right next to Arrowhead as well. So you got both teams um, sharing parking lots. So I always think that's good for sports as well in that area. So I'm kind of surprised at doing this. I'm not sure exactly where this is going to be. I'm not from Kansas City area, so I don't know what any of these um, – cities or streets in in uh, relationship to the stadium now would be but it looks very good I'm, I'm not gonna lie it looks very nice so I'm very curious on on how they're gonna be able to do it uh, when will this happen and um, if it's gonna get all approved all right so let's head into the next topic which is batting practice hats so yes I just popped up batting practice hats onto the screen Let's get a reaction to these ones. So we have pretty much all of them here besides the Mets. Uh, when we get to the Mets at the very end, I'll explain the hat. Um, I have not seen any pictures on it. I've just seen descriptions of it. So I will try to describe it as best as possible. If I do find a, a picture of the hat before this episode comes out, I'll pop it up. But as of right now, I have not seen one. So we got 29 hat or 30 hats, 29 teams. One of them, one team has two hats, but we'll go um, across the order, uh, across the rows, and that will be each division. So we'll start off with Baltimore. Um, I given this one a 9.1. I actually really like this hat. I think the colors look very solid, and having that bird on there, as you mentioned last week, I'm a big fan of bird logos for some reason. I really like this, so I think this is a great looking hat. I give it a 9.1. Boston reminds me a lot of the Atlanta spring training hat and also their spring training hat just with the dark blue logo. I think it looks fine. Uh, just nothing too special. I give it 6.1. Toronto, I give it an 8.1. I think it looks solid. I think the colors look good. It would match this jersey really awesomely, uh, but I don't think it's uh, anything new. I think we've seen it before kind of thing, so that's why I give it an 8.1. I still think the colors look great. Logo looks good, so 8.1. Uh, Yankees, I give it a 3.4. I think mainly because of the logo, I don't like it. I'm, I'm not a huge fan of that pinstripes behind the logo. It's kind of hard to see from that angle. Um, if I find another picture, I'll try to pop it up. But I'm not a huge fan of that logo there. And it's encased in that circle. I just feel like you lose the touch of the, the Yankee logo there. So 3.4, I think it was a good try, but doesn't work for me. Tampa Bay, 8.7. I really like that logo. I like that um, 
that color change from that dark blue to that green aqua to yellow up to the top right with that devil ray in there looks great. So I give it an, uh, what did I say? Uh, 8.7. I think it looks solid. Uh, Detroit, I give it a 4.4. I think it's executed poorly, but I like the way they're going with it. I think it looks like it could work, but because of how small they put their logos on their hats, it just does not work. I mean, it it looks so tiny on there. You lose it behind the stripes. I think the stripes could work, but with how small they make their logo, you lose a logo. So if, if you're not, if you take away that logo, I don't know what team this is. And pretty much from far away, you're not going to be able to see what team this is. So 4.4, I think there's there's a possibility this would be great, but it just doesn't work with the logo. Kansas City, I give it a 6.4. I think it looks really good. I like the colors. I'm not a huge fan of how tiny the logo is. I think the logo kind of gets lost as well, being that small. So maybe changing either the the lining around the logo or something to make it pop a little bit more to kind of help with that how light the you get the white on the front the dark the dark blue bill the light blue backing i think there's just a little too much light um on top that it just kind of gets lost but uh, I, I think it looks like it's going to be pretty solid on the field though minnesota i give it a 3.1 i'm not a fan of the striping on the back I kind of understand where they're going with. It matches one of their uniforms, but I just don't think it looks all that great. I give it a 3.1. Chicago. So I'm hearing mixed reviews on, on Chicago. I'm hearing that either they're going to go with this solid black hat with the sock on it, or I'm also hearing they're going with that blue, uh, red, and white color combination. If it is that, then I'm hearing it's going to be a red bill with um, a blue top and it's going to be outlined in red the the white that is on the hat will stay white so no black in the hat um, i actually think the black would look better than the red white and blue um, but i don't i'm not a huge fan of this so for chicago 3.9 cleveland they also try to go with that striping in the background it looks a little bit better than than uh the tigers but it just it doesn't work for me i give it a 4.5 um, i like the logo that they chose on the front but it just gets lost. It's so busy. It's a busy logo with a busy hat front. Just not a big fan of that. All right, we'll move to the next row, Texas. I give it a 2.9 just because it looks boring. The other stuff, I'd rather have the normal tee that they have now. I don't like this retro tee that they have. And I don't think a white front for Texas looks right to me. I mean, I'd rather see it a blue or red. I just don't think the white front looks, looks like the Rangers to me. So I, I give it a 2.9. Seattle, I give it a 4.1. I like the colors. I'm actually okay with the white front on this one, but the S is where it loses me. I like the S with the the uh, compass on the front instead of the just the normal S that they have here. So I, I give it a 4.1. Houston, a little bit better than the spring training hat, but I don't think it's all that great. It's super busy with the, the stage gradient. It It's executed all rightly, but it just doesn't work for me. I give it a 4.8. For the Angels, once again, boring as hell. I give it a 4.9. At least it's a different color on the top, but I would not expect it to for them to go with this. I mean, you look at all these other teams with the retro logos or different styles. They went with the same exact logo as their spring training and in their normal hat. So uh, that marks it down for me as, as well. Um, so I, I'm being very critical of the Angels just because I'm an Angel fan. So I, I just want to see more. I feel like I've seen it before, even though I have not seen it before. It just feels like we've seen it before. So 4.9. Oakland, I give it a 6.5. I actually think it looks all right. You just lose the logo. I, I like the logo a lot. It's that um, old school 
um, elephant logo holding the the ball and the bats. I think it looks solid. I think the colors look good. You just lose the logo. That's the only reason why I'm knocking it down. So 6.5, change the logo color, make it more more stand out. Uh, for Miami, uh, 5.9. I think it kind of mixes both the modern and past look of Miami, but I don't think it's going to work with this logo. I think if you're going to go with that logo, you got to keep it with the modern look. Put the retro logo on there on this hat. Maybe I, I mark it up. Um, and also the striping on the front looks weird spacing to me. I just don't like right around here area on the hat. It just seems like there's too much spacing compared to that that next stripe that pops up. I'm being very critical of that, but I just feel like from a design standpoint, there should be more stripes on the front. Kind of like the Minnesota one. It seems like that one's spaced out a little bit better than uh, the Miami one. So I feel like the striping's off a little bit here on this. Um, it could just be this picture, but I just feel like the striping's off. So for that, I'm going to knock it down to 5.9, but I, I think it looks all right. Atlanta, I get a 3.2, just kind of whatever. It it's, doesn't really stand out to me. Not a huge fan of it. Uh, Washington, I actually give it a 7.1. I like the DC logo a lot. I think that looks good. We haven't seen it before in a while, so I think it's good. Going back to a retro look, I, I like it. Uh, Philadelphia, don't be surprised, but I am giving it a perfect 10. I would not change one thing about this hat. I think it looks great. I love the blue top, the red bill, red button on the top there. Um, I, the Philly Fanatic being on the front, crazy move. We've never seen that before. And I think it looks outstanding. I definitely would love to have this hat in my collection. I think it looks awesome. Would not change one thing about it. 10 out of 10. Uh, Cubbies, I give it an 8.9. I think it looks good. I really like that logo. I have a hat right now with that logo on it. Different material. So I think I would rather have this material hat than the one I have now. I have the old batting practice hat with the same logo. So, of course, we've seen this before from the Cubs. But I, I think if it's not broken... Don't fix it, and I don't think this is broken. I think this looks good. 8.9, not as good as the spring training hat, but definitely back-to-back -back solid hats from the Cubs. Milwaukee, 6.2. I'm not a huge fan of that logo. I think just Milwaukee in general I'm just not a huge fan of when it comes to just the brand, but I like the colors. I think the colors look pretty good. Um, I think Toronto did it better, though, when it came to the colors, so 6.2 for Milwaukee. Um, solid, but not great. St. Louis, I give it a 5.8. I think it looks all right. Um, you kind of lose the logo, though, with how bright that red is on that dark blue. There's no um, color spacing or anything like that. It just feels like it's all blended into a, into one. So just because of that, 5.8. Cincinnati, 5.6. Um, I think it's the better ones of the stripes of the, that we've seen so far. But it's just it's a lot of space of white on the front. And the logo being in white, you lose it. So... Uh, because of that, I give it a 5.6. Uh, Pittsburgh, seen a lot of mixed reviews online about this. Some guys really like it, some guys don't. Um, I'm one of those that don't. I don't think it works. I don't think it's way too busy. You lose the logo. You lose the whole meaning behind it. I don't understand why they went with it besides maybe it's a retro look. 1.9 for me. Um, I just, I'm not a good, not a huge fan of it. Um, so this is where the Mets would be. So I'll, I'll try to explain the Mets here. So I give it a 1.5. It's very similar to like the striping ones of uh, Cincinnati. Uh, the bottom is, has the stripes. And then on the top here has the pinstripes of like Minnesota's hat. Um, it's a white front, dark blue back and dark blue 
uh, bill, the normal NY logo that we normally see on their hats. Um, so honestly, I'm not a huge fan of what they did there on the front. I think the front looks very poor and I, I'm not a huge fan of that. So but because of that 1.5, I think it's probably the worst hat that we've seen just because it's too much going on. You get vertical and horizontal lines, not a good combo there. Uh, we head to the Dodgers, so their their gray hat happens to be in this line. Um, we'll start off with that one, of course. So they're the, actually the only team with a, a logo on the side of their hat. So they're actually the first team that I did see when they these uh, these dropped. So I thought everybody was going to be having a logo on the side of the hat. They're the only team that not only came out with two hats but had a logo on the side. So I'll give them bonus points for that. Um, I think it actually looks all right. But that gray looks super good with that dark blue, that, that D logo, which I'm a big fan of now coming out with the spring training. So I give it an 8.2. I think it looks very solid, very cool. Interesting that they have two hats, um, but I think it works. It looks good, 8.2. San Diego, I'll give it a 4.7. I've just never been a fan of that kind of cut to that hat. Um, that it's it's not the full cut, but it kind of cuts in between there. Um, not not a fan of that. Don't really care for it. Um, colors are not all that great to me either. 4.7. Arizona, I give it a 7.8. I think it looks like one of those hats that you buy that's part of like a collection or something like that, where they take the team's colors and they they strip the colors and just put some crazy crazy colors in there and it feels like that's what they did with this with the black and turquoise i think it looks really solid though and it definitely works for arizona especially with them being a little bit more turquoise this year with their new uniform so 7.8 for me i think it looks really good colorado 7.1 i think the the purple with the pinstripes uh, you lose the pinstripes from afar so i think it looks that that's pretty cool you kind of get a far away it's a black hat you look up front it's a little more detail i like that aspect i really like that mountain um logo with the baseball there too as well uh black bill pretty solid we don't see a lot of purple so it's always nice to see purple in there 7.1 san francisco i give it a 3.1 i'm not a fan of that logo i don't think that word logo looks very good with that baseball super boring just black hat as well so 3.1 could have been better but definitely not the worst uh, and lastly, we got the Dodgers blue hat. Looks a lot like their spring training hat, which is fine with me. They just added that patch logo on the side. 8.1, I think it's just a little bit worse than the, the gray one because I would rather have the gray one. Um, but I think these both look solid. Um, eight scores for the Dodgers there. But that will wrap up spring training hats. So let's head into the NHL. All right, so we're in the NHL now. We'll start off with the injuries. Boston's Matt Portras, uh, rookie uh, forward, he will miss five months with shoulder surgery, uh, likely to be out the rest of the season because of it. Tampa Bay's defenseman Mikhail Sergeyev uh, underwent surgery to repair a fractured in both his tibia and fibula after colliding with the boards and falling on his his leg. Very nasty injury. If you know. Look it up. Be careful because it, it, it's bad. He's done for the year. Um, he's out indefinitely as well, so we don't know when he'll be back. Um, hopefully he comes back speedy recovery, but um, uh, bad injury for sure. Uh, Connor Bedard is expected to be back in the lineup as soon as next week. Uh, he had a broken jaw, I think about four weeks ago. He was expected to come around the four- to six-week area, so as soon as next week, we could potentially see Connor Bedard back in the lineup for the Hawks. Calgary has extended uh, Martin Pospiel uh, to two years, one million AAV. Uh, San Jose also will will uh, terminate the contract of Leon 
uh, Gawanky. Uh, I'm not sure why. He's actually put up some pretty good numbers in the AHL, so there might be something uh, behind the scenes that we do not know. Uh, New Jersey Devils are supposedly in talks to acquire Calgary Flames goaltender Jacob Markstrom. There's a lot of rumors going around that Markstrom has has been seeing a lot of eyes going his way. I wouldn't have been surprised to see Markstrom go. Calgary's not looking good. Markstrom has been up and down. Maybe a new cha- a change of scenery is something he needs. But earlier the, today, I saw something saying uh, uh, that he was definitely going to get dealt and New Jersey was the place to go. And there was someone else that was involved in the trade as well. Uh, but those are reliable sources, but nothing has been confirmed. Um, no official statements from any of the teams or anyone from uh, the organizations or the league itself. So um, take it for granted, but I would not be surprised in the next couple of hours to a couple of days that we see Markstrom going to New Jersey. We'll get to suspensions now. Winnipeg's Brandon Dillon has suspended three games for a legal check to the head on uh, Pittsburgh's Noel Arkea. A bad, bad hit. He definitely should never have put that, that hit on. So three games, uh, I agree with. Toronto's Morgan Riley suspended five games for cross-checking Ottawa's uh, Ridley Grieg um, after a <laughs> after a empty net slap shot goal um, by Grieg. Uh, he came over to the benches and Riley decided he was going to meet him at the boards, cross-check him to the head, got five games for it. I definitely think it could have been more, so I think Riley's actually lucky he only got five games um, uncalled for. I don't care if it's an unwritten rule that he should not have uh, slap-shotted a goal into the the net. It, it It's uncalled for. I, I don't think you should be doing anything like that. I mean, that's that's a dangerous hit, throwing your a cross-check up to the head and neck area to a, another player. So, um, Riley, you're lucky it's only five games, but uh, hopefully you, you have fun, fun watching on TV. Uh, Dallas's Mason Marchment was fined $5,000 for interference on Toronto's Jake McCabe. And Boston's Matt Grizzlick was also fined $5,000 for spearing Washington's Max Pacioretty. Uh, we got some GM news for international play. Bill Grugan, uh, he has been named the GM of, of Team USA for the 2025 uh, Four Nations Faceoff and the 2026 uh, U.S. Men's Olympic Team. So that, that's pretty good pretty good gig right there. I think there's going to be a lot of eyeballs going on who's going to be on the team. Um, of course, there's been a lot of mock rosters going out recently because of the, the whole news about players going into the Olympics and playing for their nation again. So uh, it's a lot of a lot of what ifs. Um, of course, we got a lot of time still till then. So who knows? Maybe there's another giant star who's going to be right in there for uh, Team USA. But as of right now, I think the roster looks great. So I'm um, very excited to see what happens. Uh, more international news, um, though. So Russia and Belarus has been suspended for, I think, the last maybe three years from international play, from like IIHF tournaments, uh, World Juniors, all that kind of stuff. Um, and then also for just like inter- international things for outside of hockey, like the Olympics. They can't use their names and stuff like that. Um, but the I IIHF have increased the suspension to another year, 2024-2025 season. Uh, they will not be included uh, due to the ongoing war with Ukraine. So uh, another two years without Russia and Belarus kind of sucks because Russia is such a great uh, international team, especially with them going to the Olympics fairly soon and doing this four nations face-off thing. You would like to see Russia be included in all that, but political stuff, of course, it's not going to be... Uh, 
anytime it's not going to stop anytime soon which is unfortunate uh lastly we got paul maurice i just want to congratulate him he now sits fifth all time in the wins for nhl head coaching wins 849 and counting so great job paul uh congrats on that Let's head to the NFL now. So, yes, the Chiefs won the other day against the Niners in the Super Bowl, 26-23 in overtime. Really exciting game. If you take away uh, being a Niner fan in this one, um, it's a really exciting game. Probably one of the best Super Bowl games we've ever had, potentially, in the recent years. Um, I think it would, you definitely could be argued as one of the best ones ever. And I think uh, I, I, I can't argue too much about it. I'm not going to sugarcoat it or blame other people for the loss. Um, does it suck? Yeah, but it, it's whatever. It happens. Um, you move on. So uh, very excited to say I got to see this game because it is a, that was a very solid game. So um, very cool. Um, very good game. If you want to see a reaction to that, a little more of the numbers, episode recently came out on Tuesday night so go check that one out um about 40 minute episode but it's a lot more fun episode um you kind of see my raw reaction plus uh, Kettler and Connor's raw reaction to the game so if you want to check that out um go over there and check out that video the word on the street Chicago's um first overall pick is going to be very hard to take off their hands supposedly they want a historic haul to trade away this pick I think they have a lot of leverage looking at this draft. I don't know who's going to be the first quarterback off the board. Everyone keeps saying Williams. Definitely could see Williams being the first one off the board. I personally would not take him first off the board, but it's the kind of thing where I don't know what teams want. I don't even know what the, the, the Bears want. I don't know. I think the Bears should trade this pick. I think they'd get more out of it, um, but who knows? I don't know what's going through their head. I don't know what they see in the in the guys coming up in the draft. Um, I don't even know if they really want to keep Justin Fields around. I think that's still up in the air as well. So who knows? I mean, only time will tell at this rate, but the Bears are on the clock now. So I guess only uh, time will tell on what, what's actually going to happen. Uh, we got two new hirings for coaching. Uh, Dallas has hired Mike Zimmer as a new defensive coordinator. And Seattle has hired Ryan Grubb from Alabama. He was over at Washington, took the Alabama job with um, – with the coach and has now officially moved on from Alabama without even playing a game and will be the new offense coordinator in Seattle. So two new coordinators there. And lastly, Pittsburgh is releasing quarterback Mitchell Trubinsky from the roster. That's tough news. I like Mitch. Um, he gets a hard rap, but he actually made that Bears team when he was there um, pretty good with uh, all the the drama that was going around with that. So um, hopefully he finds a new, new home and, uh, pretty successful we'll head to golf now yeah we don't talk about golf very much like at all usually i really have to be involved to understand what's going on in the tournament but this past weekend was the waste management open that's up in scottsdale which is about a 40 45 minute drive away from me and I was able to go on Friday. It was an impulse. Hey, why not go? I have no classes on Friday. So I was like, hey, I kind of want to try it out. Who knows the next time I'll actually be out here because I'm not sure where I'm going to do my master's program, but I might not be doing it here in Arizona. I might be going back home to California. So if that's the case, then I won't be here next year for the waste management. But what a wild weekend. We'll start off with just the golf itself. 
Uh, Nick Taylor beat Charlie Hoffman in a two-hole playoff. Uh, both guys hit 21 under. Uh, Taylor actually hit a 60 on Thursday, which, of course, the course is a par 71. And this actually matched the course record. So great job by Taylor all weekend. Kind of slowed down after after um, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Kind of struggled a little bit. Sunday really turned it up along with Hoffman. So uh, exciting f- finale, um, despite everybody probably watching Super Bowl um, very exciting ending for that. Uh, Scotty Scheffler hit an 18 under, tied for third, and uh, Jordan Spieth was a 14 under, with tied for six. So let's head back to the chaos of the waste management and my experiences. So we'll start off with the experience. Um, I got there Friday morning around 6:30. They had shuttles going in from the parking lot to the course itself. And by the time I got into line, I was one of the first people in line that were not in that crazy. Uh, 16 hole line the first people right outside the right outside that and uh that was about seven o'clock tough thing was because of the tournament being um suspended on thursday because of the rain and um, not being able to resume play in time uh, they had to finish off the first round on friday and then go into second round uh, finish most of it on friday but not all of it had to transfer over to saturday but then even start friday's um matches or or rounds on time as well we had a frost warning it was freezing cold it was probably i think it was 38 degrees when i got into the truck to drive over there by the time i got into line it was about 42 degrees so only increased four degrees in about an hour and a half that that was that was rough that was rough staying outside and at least i was bundled up i had two layers of jackets and sweatshirts on and I actually wore pants. If you guys know me, I don't wear pants. I, if I'm wearing pants, it's either a fancy place or I'm going to a wedding or it's cold. And it was freezing. But um, definitely well worth the wait. So we didn't get insights about 8.15, 8.30 area. Um, and that was a mad dash. You saw everybody running to 16. I was not one. I wanted to walk around, kind of get a feel for the course. First time there. I've never been there to golf. Never been there to watch anything. So I wanted to feel it out and went over to about, I think it was hole six or seven. I want to say seven and happened to have a good view of the of the green. And I was like, eh, I'll stick around, wait till the, the air horn goes, goes off to the next thing. Um, little did I know that was um, Wyndham, Wyndham Clark's and uh, Scotty Scheffler's hole that they were on from the day before. So I actually got to watch them finish their 7, 8, and 9. And then once they finished their 9, I walked away and um, kind of found my way into um, just other areas to kind of check out more. And I was like, man, I got to get to 16. That's the only reason why we're here. Waste management, you got to go to hole 16. So I was like, all right, I'm make my way over to hole 16. And if you guys don't know, the line to get into hole 16 is absolute chaotic. So the only way you guys get into hole 16 is if you're the first people, um, once those those gates open, you're the first people in or somebody else leaves. So that's the only way you get into this. It's not just a always walking in, walking out. They get got that thing shut off, closed off. So I waited in line for a total of four hours to get into this hole. I was dedicated um, texting my dad, the podcast dad, like, hey, like, I do not know if I could stay in this line any longer. I'm glad I held off and did it because it was a hell of an experience. I'll put up some pictures and videos right now. Um, this thing was awesome. We had crazy amount of crowd noise. I mean, that place, you wouldn't even know it was at a golf tournament. Like, you lose yourself in the crowd and you'd be like, oh, shoot, there's 
someone shooting on on the fairway right now. It's like it's crazy. Like someone's on the tee box and no one even cares until that ball is either close or not close. Either you hear boos or you hear cheers. Like great experience, super awesome. Would recommend it to anybody who's considering. Um, I think it, it was a blast. I'm not a big drinker. I actually drank a little bit there. I was like, I got to get into the experience here. So I drank a little bit. Um, there was some beer snakes going up and down the 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 stands. There were some long-ass beer snakes. So it was really awesome, really cool. Um, so that was my Friday. My Friday was um, 12 hours at the golf course. So would not trade it for anything. I think that's one of the best experience. Um, definitely would recommend it to anybody. So if you're considering going, definitely go. So let's get into like, why was this the most chaotic one? So Saturday came along. It started off with rain in the morning. Um, not ideal, um, but a lot of people still showed up. We actually, rec- there were reports of half a million people was the the capacity there and they hit capacity. Um, supposedly crowds were reached that capacity around 2 p.m. Saturday and to try and limit the crowd, they shut off alcohol sales. So alcohol sales were shut off for the first time ever at the course. And there was people outside waiting to get into the course that had tickets. Unfortunately, they did not get in because there were so many people in the crowd trying to get into the doors of just the course itself that they weren't even scanning tickets. People were just getting in crazy crowd i'm so glad i didn't go on saturday because looking at videos of that people are side by side and just trying to get through people walking i doubt anybody who was in line for hole 16 actually got into hole 16 because that was that would have been a mad dash over there and just no one would have left um supposedly the alcohol sales got some people to leave but not everybody um but it just chaos i don't think i've ever heard of something this bad now it gets everybody to think, is this it for alcohol at at um, the waste management because it was just, they let it go too much? Is this it for just the waste management in general? Is this it for how fans are going to be um, perceived at the, the waste management? I don't know. Yes, I think this is probably one of the worst years we've ever seen before at this, but you go to the waste management because of stuff like this, um, I just think you got to find a way to row people in if that means giving everybody wristbands who are eligible to drink and you only get a limited amount of drinks maybe that's the only way you could do it but people will find ways around that as well so i don't know i'm not too sure exactly how they're going to get around this i would think they got to find some way because i think this is one of the better tournaments pga needs something like this because live is taking everything away when it comes to just the golfers so having something like this for the fans definitely going to go a long way so next year, I doubt it's going to be the same exact tournament. There's going to be some sort of changes, I would think. But who knows at this rate. But um, regardless, if you have the chance to go to the Waste Management and you've never gone, do it. I think you'll love it. It's just a giant party, and it's it's nothing like you've ever been before. The best way I would describe it is a mixture of like the singing and chanting of like an English soccer game plus the atmosphere and crowd noise of a really good college football team game. Like, that that's the best way to describe it um i'm not even sure if that's even the best way to describe it i could think that's the the closest description i could give to people but uh, definitely go to those 
Uh, this weekend, though, for PGA, they're at the Genesis, Genesis Invitational. That's in the Riviera Country Club at Pacific Palisades in California. Uh, previous winner was John Rahm. Obviously, he's a live golfer, so he will not be in the tournament. Uh, Tiger Woods will be a part of the groups. His tee-off time on Thursday will be at 10.25 a.m. So hopefully Tiger does well. Uh, he's always going to get publicity and um, some word going around. So 10.25 on Thursday is Tiger's tee-off. All right, let's head to college football now. Quick news around there. Nick Saban has signed to be on college game day for an analyst next season. Michigan will hire Wink Martindale as their new defensive coordinator. Boston College is hiring Bill O'Brien from Ohio State's offensive coordinator spot to be their new head coach. Crazy turn of events. I'm not surprised Bill O'Brien's taking this job. He's from the Boston area, so uh, definitely a better shot to go as a head coach than offensive coordinator at, at Ohio State. But it just sucks for the Buckeyes. So they had to go out and go hire somebody. So they were actually go out and hire their new offensive coordinator, Chip Kelly. He was the head coach over at UCLA. I think he had a job. Kind of surprised he took this offensive coordinator job, especially now being in the same conference. So I don't know how that's going to be perceived, um, especially when Ohio State and UCLA play against each other. So I, I think it may have been a fear of being fired for Chip Kelly. Um, I actually had a lot of people saying – and reliable sources saying that he was gonna get fired after that USC game regardless of the uh, the outcome ended up playing out the rest of the season and was going to go into this upcoming season as the head coach so I don't know what happened there I thought that was definitely a reliable source that helped me out there with that and definitely did not work out so I'm not sure what Chip Kelly uh, thought process was going into this but he is now the new offensive corner at Ohio State so I'm curious on how that's going to work out with the Buckeyes and lastly, because Chip Kelly left, UCLA had to go out and get a new new coach. They pick up Deshaun uh, Foster as their new head coach for the upcoming season. Let's head to hockey now. Let's get into the rankings. Boston College stays put at 1. North Dakota and BU also stay put at 2 and 3. Wisconsin's another one. Does not move. Stays at 4. Denver gets a plus 1 to 5. Michigan State gets a plus 3 to 6. Maine and Minnesota stay put at 7 and 8. Quinnipiac had a tough weekend. They dropped 4 to 9. Providence stays put at 10. 11 has UMass with a plus 1. Cornell gets a plus 1 to 12. Western Michigan gets a plus 1 to 13. Michigan drops 3 to 14. Colorado College stays put at 15. St. Cloud State stays put at 16. Arizona State gets a plus 1 along with Omaha to 18. New Hampshire drops 2 to 19. And RIT stays put at 20. Other receiving votes that had double digits, Northeastern at 46, Holy Cross at 14, and Minnesota State at 11. Let's head into Beanpot. So Beanpot was on Monday. We'll start off with the Constellation game. I watched a little bit of this. It was kind of boring after BC did score because Harvard is not a good team this year. Only four wins on the season. Uh, BC ended up winning this one 5-0 in the Constellation game. We head to the championship game, which was back and forth. Uh, BU and had the lead. I think Northeastern tied it up. About 10 minutes left, forcing overtime, but it came from Gunnar Wolf Fontaine, Northeastern Husky forward, game-winning goal in overtime, back-to-back -back Mondays that he wins it for the Huskies, 4-3 to final in this one. Now they have won five of the last six bean pots for the Huskies. Impressive. Have not heard that stat before when it comes to the bean pot. So Northeastern Huskies, they look outstanding. Of course, the best name in hockey gets it done again. Gunnar Wolf Fontaine, that's an awesome name. Um, that kid's sniping it. And big upset against the number three team in the nation, Boston University Terriers. 
Uh, we got a quick shout out though. College hockey, uh, Stonehill. Stonehill's first season is this year in the D1 level. They have a tough year though. They are 0 28 to start off the year. Uh, Arizona State actually did play them. I did not get to watch them. I was out of town that weekend. Um, but they have had a tough year. 0 28. They were able to get their first win of the year against Lindenwood, their first D1 win in program history. 4-2 win at Lindenwood as well. So congrats to Stonehill. Hopefully you guys start getting the ball rolling there. We're heading the Arizona State update. So fortunately, these boys were able to sweep Alaska Fairbanks 2-0 and 4-2. Uh, Gibson Homer was in net for both games. I'm just going to say, I called it. I thought Gibson should be the goaltender going into this upcoming weekend. He got the start, coming up with a shutout in game one, his first NCAA shutout, 37 saves. Uh, Matthew Copperud on Saturday got two power play goals, adding to his total on the season to 14. Uh, that leads the nation in this category um, with, with uh, power play goals. That also breaks a program record with most power play goals in a season, which was previously set at 13. So the boys are buzzing. Great job this, um, this weekend. I will say, so on Saturday we had um, – we had Dartez, Fox, uh, George, and Keenan alongside me, and uh, we were watching the game. We were making like internal bets here, like, oh, how many shots, how many saves, and this is blah, 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 and stuff like that. Um, Keenan and, and Fox made a little bet, side bet, that ASU needed 21 um, or more or shots on net, and um, he had the over there, and Fox had the under. Arizona State ended up only having 19 shots. So, yeah, they did get outshot bad against Alaska Fairbanks, but able to score when it mattered. Um, two of those those shots at the end, one on the one was whipped, two off the post, so potentially could have helped out Keenan. So, sorry, Keenan, you, you lost a, a very close bet there. But um, Arizona State still able to figure it out, get, it, get the job done. Um, awesome night hanging out with the boys. So, appreciate you guys uh, hanging out with me as well. Uh, this upcoming weekend, though, you guys are on a bye. So, hopefully able to uh, kind of rally the guys up, get them good rested because they're going up to Alaska Fairbanks to play them again uh, the following weekend. So, hopefully that gets it done. Uh, trying to get into that um, independent, the invitation to uh, the tournament. So hopefully, uh, able to figure it out with the with the the tournament there and uh, get get it done for the guys and uh, hopefully represent the school as uh, maybe a Frozen Four. Who knows? Maybe we get there. All right, let's head to softball now. So softball had their first full weekend underway. Let's head into the rankings. Oklahoma, of course, is the number one team in the nation. They stay put along with Tennessee at two. Texas had a good weekend, a plus two to three. Georgia gets a plus two to four. Florida State drops one to five. Um, Wisconsin gets a plus four to six. Clemson stays put at seven. Oklahoma State goes a plus three to eight. Stanford has a tough weekend. They drop six to the nine. Duke drops one to ten. Alabama gets a plus three to 11 along with LSU to 12. Uh, 13 is Arkansas. They dropped one. Um, Oregon dropped one to 14. Missouri goes from unranked to 15. They had a very solid weekend. Great job of the Tigers there. Uh, Utah State put at 16. Virginia Tech got a plus six to 17. Another solid weekend there by the Hokies. Kentucky goes from unranked to 18. Florida drops one to 19. UCLA had a very bad weekend. They dropped 12 spots to 20. South Carolina gets a plus one to 21. Um, 
Baylor gets a minus 3 to 22. Louisiana gets a minus 2 to 23. Auburn gets a minus 4 to 24. And lastly, Al- or Texas A&M gets a minus 1 to 25. Other receiving votes that were double digits. Nebraska had 39. Northwestern, 35. Indiana, 28. SDSU, 25. Arizona, 23. Charlotte, 20. And Michigan, 17. Let's get into the upsets of the weekend. So we actually had a lot of solid games this last weekend. Um, a couple of un- or actually mostly unranked teams beating ranked teams. A couple of um, uh, also top 25 upsets as well. So let's get into it. Uh, Charlotte beat Florida State 6-5. to five. That ended in 10 games or 10 innings, excuse me. Indiana beat number 13, Oregon 7-5. Boise State beat number 25, Northwestern 4-3. Number 23, Virginia Tech beat Auburn uh, 8-1. That also finished in eight innings, so they definitely they blew it up in that extra inning, so good job by the Hokies. Kentucky beat Stanford, a big upset. Stanford was 3-2-1, and they also beat Stanford again 3-2. Um, that one was in eight innings. Penn State beat number 12, Arkansas 3-2. That was in eight innings. Uh, Michigan beat Florida 2-1. They were in 18. That was finished in 10 innings. Missouri beat number seven Clemson four to one. Cal beat number twenty one Louisiana three to one, and at number eleven Oklahoma State beat smoked UCLA in five innings nine to one. Tough weekend for the Bruins. Not a very solid weekend. Hopefully they're able to bounce back this upcoming week. All right, let's head to college baseball. So college baseball starts this weekend. It starts some teams on Thursday, mostly on Friday, I believe. And we're going to get into just the rankings. And then, of course, we'll include one game for the game of the week this upcoming weekend. So we'll start off with the rankings. Number one, Wake Forest. Number two, Florida. Number three, Arkansas. Number four, LSU. Number five, TCU. Number six, Vanderbilt. Number seven, Oregon State. Number eight, Texas a and Number nine, Tennessee. Number 10, Clemson. Number 11, Eastern Carolina. Number 12, Duke. Number four, or 13, North Carolina State. 14, Virginia, number 15, North Carolina, 16, Texas, 18, Santa Barbara, 18, Coastal Carolina, 19, Alabama, 20, Iowa, 21, Texas Tech, 22, UCLA, 23, Northeastern, 24, K-State, and 25, South Carolina. Games of the week. Let's start off with the NHL. We got two games of the week, both stadium series, Saturday at 6 p.m. on ABC you got the Flyers and the Devils and on Sunday 1 p.m. ABC you got the Rangers and the Islanders those games will be played at MetLife Stadium so that should be fun to watch so check out those ones soccer I'm taking you to the Premier League I got Man City versus Chelsea that is on Saturday 10 30 a.m. Uh, for hockey college hockey I got either two series you gotta watch uh, one Number one, BC versus number 11, UMass, or the second series. We got number three, Boston University versus number 10, Providence. So very solid hockey between both those series. Uh, a lot could happen with the rankings there. So who knows what happens with the, the Boston teams. Um, I expect both these spirit, these uh, series to be split. Uh, that's, that's my uh, bet there. Uh, college softball, since because we got no series this weekend, we'll start off with just Best game of each day, Thursday through Sunday. So on Thursday, 2 p.m. ESPNU, you got number nine, Stanford versus number five, Florida State. Friday at 4 p.m. on Longhorn Network, you got number two, Tennessee versus number three, Texas. Saturday, 8 p.m. 8 a.m. Excuse me, 
ESPN2. Number four, Georgia versus number five, Florida State. And on Sunday, 6 p.m. ESPN, you got number five, Florida State versus number two, Tennessee. Yeah, three of those games are Florida State, but they got a tough weekend. Honestly, they're able to figure it out. They're able to sweep the weekend. I wouldn't be surprised to see him at that two spot. I think that it's a very good opportunity for the Seminoles to get up there. So who knows? Should be solid games, though, for all four of those games. Uh, college baseball to wrap this one up. Number nine, Tennessee versus number 21, Texas Tech. That's Friday at 6 p.m. That is actually one of the only games that is not going to be a tournament. It's going to be a tournament style, not a series, but that is definitely going to be one of the better games of the weekend if you're going to watch one. So Friday, 6 p.m. Well, hey, guys, I appreciate you guys showing up for this one, listening, and like. make sure you guys like and subscribe if you're watching on YouTube. If you're watching or listening to us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, make sure you guys rate and follow and leave that little little bell icon so you guys know when we record our recordings are going out so um, as of right now audio recordings are going out on time it's the uploading of the YouTube videos that are being a little slow so watch the socials I always release um, updates as well I'm trying to as much as, as I can so check out those make sure you guys uh, follow the links down below so uh, appreciate you guys listening to this one hopefully you guys have an awesome weekend and we'll see you guys later